everybody. I'm Adam Hergenrother, and this is Business Meets Spirituality. We believe in personal growth through business success. Today, I am joined, like always, with Hallie. Hallie, good morning. It's wonderful to see you. Hi. That was a hi. That was like a... Well, because right before this, we just had a very in-depth conversation. Yes, but it was good. That's yes. the whole business is spirituality conversation, right? It was very spiritual. Yes, it was good. It was well. It was really. It wasn't spiritual. It was, it was very good working growth. on ourselves. Yes, yes. growth oriented for all of us, which is great. Which is the whole purpose of having a business. Anyways, today we're gonna cause we're gonna lead in a little bit. We had uh, we just finished up um, the class of twenty twenty one project U, and we had a speaker come in who's a dear friend of mine. His name is Tom Murphy. He owns a company called Sweethearts and Heroes, and what he really does is actually about seven years ago he came to me and sat down and said, "Hey, I had this real passion for helping kids," and he is a six foot two. 280 pounds jacked dude like his arms are bigger than my legs like and he's just he's just he's an MMA fighter he was on the uh, ultimate fighter show the first season so he's like this big guy and, and he goes into schools and they play this this episode of him you know in a cage fighting and like taking people down the music's going and the first thing he runs out there he's like I hate fighting like that's the first thing he does the kids and all the kids there of course they love him because he's just super playful like that mm-hmm. too he's like the biggest adult kid I've ever seen oh right? yeah <laughs> like oh, that. 100%. so he runs out there and he's got this whole thing and his, his entire uh, Sweetheart and Heroes is about an anti-bullying campaign actually the, the Sweethearts and Heroes originally came from um, do you remember the origin story of this? It's I, I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher it so somebody needs to go look it up for me and, yeah I'm and pretty share. sure Sweetheart was the former word for somebody who would protect yes people bullying people um i think it had something to do with like the emperor like the president yes that's what it was yes prostitutes in new york city in the 1800s something like that (laughs) did i totally make that (laughs) up you might have made that one up well because that's what a bully used to be used to the deaf this is what it was i mean a bully that's what a bully was used Uh, to be a protector yes of and now the word has completely like eroded and changed into the almost the exact opposite meaning yeah okay yeah so that's that's it was around there so the, the sweethearts and, and hero and, and heroes was somebody that was um protecting anyways i'm now i'm butchering <laughs> it i can't do it anyway so he he has gone into over let me just to the genesis he has gone into um over uh he's worked with over two million students in the last six years so he has an incredible um knowledge for what is going on in the minds of kids. And he works with middle schoolers, high schoolers, right? He goes into a lot of schools. He's called in to go into after there's been a tragic event, like a suicide or something along those lines. But he also goes for a lot of preventive. We've paid him to come into our schools. He's done it. He's booked for every week on the week, the entire school year to go in. Well, it's because he works with teachers as well. And I think how, where his, where he's so different in his teaching and training and why it's been so effective is that he works with the students to um, empower them to step in. Yeah. Because it's, it's that's right. It's and that's bo- what a bully used to do. They yeah. used to step in and protect people. Yeah. So much of it is kids see it. They, that was a they, sweetheart used to do. I don't know. Something, yes. one or the other. Yeah. Um, and they saw it, they, they know that it's not right, but they don't know what to do. Yeah, that's right. Um, and so that's what he teaches the kids yes. is to, to teach them what to do in those situations so that they can get people out of the situation or just, be a friend or whatever it needs to teaches happen. kids how to be superheroes. So when they see somebody yes. first sign of somebody bullying a kid, saying something, doing something, mm-hmm. pushing, they go in there and they just remove the kid from the environment. That's like the mm-hmm. first step. Anyways, he's very interactive and playful and physical. Yes. And it's great. So anyways, we bring this up because I asked him, I said, you know, why are kids struggling so much these days? And I, and, and we'll take this to adults in a second, but like really like you, you keep seeing these articles show up over the last couple of years that, uh, which is fascinating. Cause like teen pregnancies down, drinking's actually down, smoking, 
things down, yet suicidal rates are up, suicides themselves are up, suicidal meaning like attempted suicides mm-hmm. or thought of suicides up a lot, um, general like medication prescribed to um, middle school kids and up is up. But yet the first three factors, they thought if they worked on those three, that the other ones would actually fall in line, but they haven't. And so then I, so you sit there and you go, well, why are, why are kids, adolescents struggling so much, right? During this period of time where your brain's starting to be kind of put together. Cause if you remember back as a teenager, like it wasn't all there, right? It was a really weird time. High school is always like this really middle school, high school. Like it's just an interesting time in our mm-hmm. lives. So anyway, so I asked him, so why are kids struggling? And what he said I think it's important for all of us to hear is uh, there's no reset button. So essentially what happened and you kind of know this first phase of this is like somebody at school back in the day, I see back in the day, like when I was in high school, even when you were in high school, Hallie, like um, pre cell phone, pre internet. Yeah. Like yeah. it just, like I, I mean, we had pagers at best. So like it was like, I yeah, had like a track phone. Yeah. Well we do. It's yeah. So we had pagers and I graduated in 2000. Um, and so we had pagers, but like, you know, if somebody really wanted to say something, you either like you said it to their face um, you got into a fight right there. You and wrote the, a you note went, and put it in their locker. Yeah, you put it in a locker. Like it was just a note, one piece of paper, so somebody could see it. And back then, like it's like I just remember even getting into a couple fights in, in high school, and like I was like in like detention for a day or two. Now like you're like sued, like you can't like you keep, anyway. So it's fine, right? It's just progressive of how things have happened. So that kind of like dealt with itself. And also like back in the day, if somebody made fun of you, you would go home and like you would have a this reset button, whereas like you could put your head in your dog or your parents or go for a walk or with a friend and cry it out or talk it through, but nobody's bothering you outside of that event. And then the next day you'd show up and maybe they said something, maybe they didn't, even if they were bowling every single day, it kind of ended. And there was a reset button to get some separation from it and some clarity from right, it. Right. On nights and weekends, it really gave it, people it, that reset. It gave, gave people that reset. Well, what's happened now is of course, social media, which we all know, right? Good, bad, or indifferent has allowed this platform for everybody to see everything right all the time and the fact that you can actually um uh say things to people in an email or in an email i guess i guess you could email but like on a social platform snapchat or TikTok. yeah whatever yeah. whatever people are using like you can use those those avenues you can say things that you wouldn't normally probably say to somebody's face at least the majority of people wouldn't right yeah and, and uh, there's other thing that tom mentioned is that bullying very much used to be me bullying you yeah it was very like individualized and for the most part sometimes it might be a small group but it was more individualized and and, right even that's terrible but still but with like you mentioned online it is all of a sudden I might comment I might say something to you and then all of a sudden you've got 20 50 other kids echoing that same sentiment so instead of just one person who might not like you or be you know targeting you all of a sudden you've got 20 people doing it yeah which it's just piles on and piles on and then you can't get away from it yeah and i think it's really important because everyone probably knows somebody in high school or in kids and so anyways they had this this ability just keeps piling on and then he he used the term which i have been using in, in talking to other people about this which is a term called self-bullying i think we do it as adults i'm gonna get to it in a second but kids really do this so what they do is they go in just like hallie was saying you go in there and somebody makes a comment right about um, you know, why your outfit wasn't right. I don't know, right? Whatever it is, right? Yeah. Or how'd you screw up the game or the TikTok dance that I did and then you comment on yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. So then you look at it and then it's up there. So instead of having this reset button, not seeing it, you're at home on your phone looking at it every 15 seconds. 
and every 15 seconds there's a new comment or whatever, right? Every minute there's a new comment and you're self-bullying yourself. So you keep repeating this process and you're going down these tracks more and more and more. You're like, I can't believe they said it. I can't believe they say it. And if you don't think people are doing that, people do that with their own comments. Somebody posts something on Facebook and like, how many likes did I get? Right? As adults, we do this, right? Yeah, Who didn't back. like it? How yeah. come Hallie didn't like this, right? We do all of this stuff. So kids that are having, and you are a grown adult, thinking through and having a, um, you know, a, a brain that is, is fully functional. Like when you're in middle school, it, you're an adolescent brain, your brain is still being developed. Right. So like, they don't know that it's not there. So it's like all of a sudden you just keep self bullying more and more and more and more. And it's like, you just keep looking at it and looking at it and looking at it and you just keep digging this deeper hole. And at that point, people go, the only way to get out of this is to not be here anymore. Right. And that's when that's when people go like they can't see how they can ever get outside of this. And it seems so for you go because I, I have three kids right now that are kind of about to enter this age. And I'm having that real conversation with them about like you were going to get bullied. Here's how you do it. Here's how you handle it. Right. You're going to be offered drugs. Right. Here's how you handle it. Right. Like if you, I, I, I'm very clear with my kids, I'm like, if you ever want to do drugs, you can. And I'm never going to ground you. The first thing I want you to do is come talk to me about what drug you want to do. I'm just very clear. Whether you agree with me or don't agree with me, I'm just, I have the conversation up front and I go, because mm-hmm. you're going to be offered them. Mm-hmm. And I just want you to talk to me about the drug. And if you end up doing it afterwards, I will never ground you for doing it if you talk to me first. There may be other consequences that happen that are out of my control if they're illegal and whatever they, they are. But however, understand that. Um, and then like it sparked this long conversation. My son, he's like, well, what does it feel like to actually? And then I'm like, man, they actually don't know this. Like, what does it feel like to get offered? Is it scary, dad? I go, yeah, it can be scary. Here's how you do. Here's, we don't role play or talk through any of these things with our students or our students, with our kids, right? Like people go out and they train for Ironmans or they train in business, but like, we don't role play these things that kids who have, we just think that people are going to deal with that. We'll give them the tools to be able to deal with these things. And that self-bullying is like, there's no tool to deal with it. So like when you, so have the conversation, you're going to see people write things about you that you don't like delete it or don't be on social media or come talk to me. We'll walk through this together. I don't care what the conversation is or find somebody to talk to. Okay. You're going to say something. Nope, no. Fine. Okay. So like when you're in that, like it's like they just get caught up in this and they think the entire world. And, and if you go back and put yourself in high school, it does feel like the entire world is around that moment. Right. And that's why people tend to get caught up in these dark places because now some people have, you know, an actual psychological disorder, which is a different conversation. We're talking about people's minds that take them down this path of like, I can't ever get out of this. People are never going to never not think this way of me, even though it lasts for like a day or two and they're on to something else. You just can't do that. So part of it is this, this whole, we continue to self bully. So I think the first thing that you do, and I asked Tom, I said, well, how do you know, right? When somebody is thinking suicidal thoughts or thinking about this before they do it? And he goes, that's the magic question, right? Because I think, uh, um, I forget the number of, of, I forget the numbers that he used, but it was like between like 12 and 16 and like how many kids are either like have tempted or didn't. It was, it was astonishing the number. Right? Well, and how many, and I remember him specifically saying how many, and I think he said something like, you got to like also listen, listen to the other kids that are around you or like be, or ask them, ask the other kids that are around other kids. Yeah. Because they, I don't remember what the percent, percentage was, but I know he said that so many of them knew Something wasn't right. It's behavior, right? Yes. They were like, or he didn't show up on time. Like it was little things, but they all noticed and they all knew, but they didn't maybe know what to do with it. Or or they didn't know it was as deep as it was. So that's part of the thing that is because a lot of people like, like kids can do a good job of masking their emotions. 
right? And that's what he was saying. So as a parent, it's very difficult to see that. So that's why you've got to be constantly engaged. You know what actually reminded me of? It's reminding me of like why we do the 10, the five questions. This, then one of the questions is on a scale of one to 10 and how he answers this every day for me. It's like, uh, mostly every day. Um, like every day. I was going to say, but I guarantee, you know, when I'm not answering them, why you're not answering. I know. I I get it. I get that. Right. So, um, when it's that, that zero to one to 10, like where, where somebody's at and all you're looking at, like somebody can always be a nine, right? Somebody can always be a seven. Mm-hmm. Like Hallie's really ever above a seven or eight. That's just like you naturally kind like of fall. Eight. Yeah, eight. Like, yeah. right. So when I see a six or a seven from anybody or whatever it is, I know there's a conversation needs to be had there. So like you, you actually go and direct it. So what you're looking for, any change in their behavior, right? Are they sleeping a little more? They're in the room a little bit more. Then you don't, and it may not be nothing, but you got to initiate the conversation right. and be there in the conversation, actually pull it out of people, business and in life. So that's the whole point of doing that. So like this self-bullying, they get caught in this thing. It's watching for any small change and then being very interactive. It doesn't mean spending eight hours a day with your kid, but actually paying attention to them at dinner table or walking down the driveway and seeing how they respond. Do they walk with you? Like my kids always hold my hand. And at some point I know like they're just going to grow out of that. But is it like instantaneously tomorrow, like they're just not holding their hand, they're cold. Great. There's something wrong. You can feel it. We all know that, but mm-hmm. we chalk it up to, oh, they'll probably get over that until they don't. So it's like right. part of our job as, as leaders, because I would say parenting is being a leader, working in business, being a leader is recognizing these patterns of when people are caught self-bullying themselves. And I just use that context and you can bring it over to business, right? People, somebody sends an email, somebody doesn't do something, somebody doesn't take your idea in a, in a meeting, right? Or whatever these things, there's all these things. And don't pretend anybody listening here that this doesn't go on. Like your ego gets bruised, right? Mm-hmm. Something happens. I would say 90% of the time, it probably isn't that intentional, at least for most people. Now, there are probably times when people directed intentionally that's different but the other times is like somebody takes it very personal and there's really not the intention behind everything so then it becomes is like you got to recognize that and actually approach the conversation to get to it and because adults self-bully too we do, right? And everybody does. We, we don't only really do this in social media. We do this like, oh my God, am I going to get fired? Do they, not have, they don't think I'm worthy of this. Like, how come this person got a raise? How come this person's getting more money? How come I didn't get asked to do this? How come I... And all these different things are going on and we just get caught in this train track and we just keep reliving that over and over and over again. It's like the funniest thing. Like, would you... If you went to a dinner and the food made you sick, you wouldn't go... Can you pack this up and so I can bring it home so I can taste a little bit of this every single day before I get going to my day? Well, that's what people are doing. They're taking this food that made them sick and they're eating a little bit of it so they can feel it every single day. And so this whole self-bullying concept is what people are doing. And I think that's what leads into a lot of the positive attributes that I said early on, like drinking's down, teen pregnancy's down, smoking's down. Um, those things are things that our society has worked on dramatically, but we've failed to equip people to have conversations. Right. Yeah. What I'm, I I don't know how they got those stat, those statistics down or those behavior changes. Was it, was it a mindset shift? Was it just, I think it was campaigning, right? Like, yeah, was it different messaging? It could just be a shift inside you. Like, I don't think people think smoking's cool anymore. So, like, it's like, but then somebody could say vaping. So, it's like, those things are going to exist. The the point is, like, you, you have those things they've worked on, but we haven't got to the crux of things. Yes. Now the, you need a permit. To- you need a permit for the mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Is really there should be classes. People, the first thing they should be taught about in, in kindergarten is you have this mind. It's in there and it talks and it does some really weird things. 
and you're going to experience emotions. You're going to experience thought. You're none of them because if you become it, that's when it takes you down the train tracks and puts you on the hamster wheel and starts self bowling over and over again. Doesn't the mind do that? Something doesn't go right. He goes, you shouldn't have said that. You shouldn't have said, I can't believe you said that, Hallie. Why would you say that? And your mind is doing that. You're self bowling yourself. I've, I've been listening to this podcast and how she describes it. And I don't know why, but this just totally like resonates with me. She just keeps saying, stop talking to your, stop talking to yourself like an asshole. Yeah. And she just says, and yeah. it's just like, yeah, why do we do that all of the time? Yeah. Well, that's the self bullying. And yeah. that's where there, there, there hasn't been anybody that has committed suicide where the mind hasn't told them to do so. That's just a sad thing, right? And so people get so caught up in listening to that mind that they believe that they're, that's what they are. And so, um, the, so where do you go, right? Mm-hmm. The first thing is, is, is develop a pattern so you can see awareness with your people in, in work and in your life because you're a leader. Everyone's a leader. They're le- whether you're leading an actual title, you're leading friends, family, parents, your own kids, other people at work, all those different things. Develop this awareness. And I would even venture to say, and I, I know, Holly, you and I have had this conversation, you kind of know for the most part when something's off a little bit mm-hmm. with people. Oh, yeah. And you don't need to be a psychologist or listen to this podcast to understand that. You just feel it. You go, it's off a little bit. Now, happens, right? You look at it for a day. But if it goes more than a day, that's where we stand up. Being a conscious business is going, hey, you know, your energy seems off today. You're, you're, you're kind of ducking out of work a little early. Like something going on, like I'm actually, I'm concerned about you, right? And that's just being a human being of helping people. Well, and from, and from my perspective, one who doesn't have, who's still learning on this conscious leadership journey and also who has historically not had a very high EQ. Um, that's such a hard thing to do. Yes. So, I mean, how do you in- get people to have that courage to say, cause you're right. I, even I noticed a lot of these yeah. things, but I don't always have, it's gotten much, much better, but I don't always have the courage to have those yeah. conversations or say it because I don't want to offend somebody or be wrong. Well, I think, in, and we've written about this a lot, I think the first step is you have to let go of the outcome because what people are really worried about is how they're going to respond to them. <laughs> so they actually turn around and actually for us, part of it is they make it about them. How am I going to handle this? What if they ask me a question? What if they want to quit? What if they want to leave? They all the, We start doing that same thing in there so right. it prevents us from actually having a conversation. So the first thing is, is the awareness. Once the awareness comes, you have to let go of the conversation. I mean, let go of the outcome. outcome. Once you let go of the outcome, the conversation becomes easy. If you aren't tied to an outcome, and now look, there may be an approach to go in there and like, I want to get to the bottom of this. That can be your result. But I mean, like letting go of like where it goes if you're willing to have the honest conversation, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's in those moments you have that conversation and what that looks like. Now, you don't have to do it like in the hallway, right? Or in the bathroom, but uh, set up at a time, a phone call, a Zoom or in person, if that's something that's, that's there and just say, and the next convenient time, bring it up, have that conversation. Like you mentioned today, you and I had that conversation. I knew we were going to have this time this morning. I knew I was going to blow through this next meeting with it because I knew everything was going to there, but it's important that we had the conversation. So it's like you, you figure out like when, when, when you're leading, that's why your span of control is so important. That's why you, if you have a span of control, more than five to seven or eight people, it, be, it, it comes really like hard. mechanically almost exhausting to yeah. actually try to be able to do that. Right. And you really aren't going to probably always notice 
You won't as much. Everything. Yes. Right, right. You, you can't. That's why that span of control is so important. Yeah, that's right. For all those different things. Um, so it's awareness, let go of the outcome. And the same thing with your kids. Like, let go of the outcome in that conversation with your kids, right? I mean, it's easier to do it. You have to approach it in neutrality. Like, you have to approach it with you not trying to get involved in that, right? Like, it's like, it's you really have to be, just let yourself go so you can have that conversation. But you're not going to be good at it. When you play the piano, you're not great at it. Just start. Like, where, where do people go? Start with the smaller things. Start with people you feel comfortable with. Start with people at your house. Maybe it's more easy to do it at work than it is at home, right? I don't know. Just start somewhere. The next time you notice it, go, hey, you okay? And like, be genuinely curious. Don't go like, hey, you know what? Like, I'm going to try to be like this spiritual person and try to help somebody. And so I can boost up my own ego for this. And I'm going to like jump in there and have that conversation. That's not what we're talking about. It's you genuinely want to help the person. And you just come from that curiosity. And that is, you can't go wrong, right? You can't go wrong with that. It may not unfold exactly how you want it to that's what you let go in 99% of cases I would think you're going to be better off as an organization to have that conversation Mm, yeah I agree 100 99% of the time right so think about this concept of self-bullying and how we do this in 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 terms of how we have conversations with our um, teenagers or even younger younger than that, how we bring this to ourselves in terms of whether you use Hallie's comment of stop treating yourself like an asshole because that's what you're really doing is listening to that mind um, and how you're self-bullying yourself that just takes you out of the moment to be able to actually experience it. So you keep letting go of that part of it and you keep bringing that in there and then it just starts to become a staple in your life. You don't even have to think about it anymore. The more you put this into play, at some point you just get far enough back and you start realizing, I can have all these conversations. Now, it doesn't mean that the experience is going to be any different. Like, I mean, well, hold on. It doesn't mean that the experience is going to feel the way you want it to, mm-hmm. right? Like there, you have a conversation, somebody ends up like, you know, I'm not sure this is the right position for me. And right, and now you can go like, what am I going to do? Instead of going, yeah, that's going to be a temporary like thing for you. Like you're going to have to go deal with that now. But it's you're doing the best thing because it's probably going to happen anyways. So then you kind of move along in those different things, or you work it out, or you figure it out, or you move people along different things. But I think about all the people that you and I have hired or fired or moved around. It's always been a benefit at the other side of this for them and for us. By the way. And so I think it's, but in the moment, it can be very difficult to do those things. So our, our, po- our point today, we want to jump in and just, I thought this self-bullying concept was important. One, I think it's, it's just, it's, there's a, uh, there's a, a natural place for us as leaders, people that are working on this path. If you're listening to this podcast, the thousands of people that are listening to this podcast, um, if you're listening to this, your job is to work on yourself so you can bring this to other people. And that's why Hallie and I show up here today is so that you can grab some of these and just go, if all of us just went and had one more conversation that we, that we'd otherwise wouldn't, you're doing your part. All of us are. So be willing to be open, be willing to let go of the outcome, bring awareness to it and have the conversations because it's your duty. Thanks for hanging with us today. For those of you who recognize the power of a strategic partnership, you can get a short, impactful, and timely email from us every Thursday. That'll be your guide for how to achieve more together. The inner circles for founders, leaders, entrepreneurs, and their chiefs of staff, executive assistants, and right-hand partners who want to learn how to cast a vision, navigate change, lead together, build impactful businesses, and just get shit done. If you're interested, go to founderinforcemultiplier.com forward slash inner circle to sign up.